Hi everyone, welcome to a very special episode of Smoking and Drinking in Space. I'm Jason, and normally this is where my regular co-host and dear friend would say, and this is Red. Regular listeners to the show have probably noticed that Red has been missing from the past several episodes. I unfortunately have sad news. Days after recording episode 45, Red became suddenly and critically ill. He was admitted to the hospital and sedated. He was unconscious for several weeks on a respirator and fighting a blood infection. He would eventually regain consciousness, but never really regain awareness. About a week later, his heart would stop. Red passed on February 22nd, 2019. This is Smoking and Drinking in Space's anniversary episode. We had just started discussing plans for this episode and were in the early stages of brainstorming ideas when Red fell ill. We weren't planning to do a clip show as that seemed too obvious, cliche, and we really wanted to do something different. Well, I've changed my mind. This will be a clip show, but this will be something different. This will be a clip show that celebrates Red and his indispensable contributions to the show. This is Red's tribute episode. Many friends of the show have come forward and shared their favorite Red moments from smoking and drinking in space, and I will share some behind-the-scenes views of Red when we were preparing or had just finished producing some show material. This episode is to celebrate Red and his tremendous contributions to smoking and drinking in space. This first clip was submitted by James and is from episode 17, where we discuss the movie The Final Countdown. Hi, today we are with James Geem. Uh, he's one of my co-hosts with uh, Bad Gamers Anonymous and uh, a fan and friend of the show. Uh, today we are going to talk about um, The Final Countdown uh, is one of the episodes that he enjoyed, uh, particularly the, the episode part where we were talking about time travel, uh, time paradoxes, and uh, we, we delve into uh, some pretty layman's uh, terms or some, some layman discussion of uh, quantum physics. Hi, James. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for uh, having me on, Jason. I oh, really no, appreciate no. it. Uh, thank you for, for being on. So um, I, I really appreciate it. So before we get into the clip, um, how did you first hear about smoking and drinking in space? I was first made aware of smoking and drinking in space, actually, when you applied to be uh, one of the new co-hosts for Bad Gamers Anonymous. Oh, okay. And I yeah, and I immediately went out and listened to a couple of your episodes just and to kind of get a f flavor for who you are. Wow. And you still allowed me to be on Bad Gamers Anonymous? <laughs> I did. Actually, yeah, I did. That was uh, uh, in hindsight. Maybe uh, one of the better decisions I've ever made. So, oh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, uh, that was, uh, it was nice to hear some, uh, another podcast that was the sound quality was really good, where you guys were engaging, where you both played off of each other. And that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody who, who knew how to do that and knew how to do that well. And so, I brought you on board uh, to Bad Gamers Anonymous, and uh, yeah, man, like I just haven't looked back. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I, I 
really enjoy working with you on Bad Gamers Anonymous. And I know that you're a big fan of Red. Um, <laughs> in fact, in a lot of ways, you two are basically, um, you know, cut from the same whole cloth. So uh, what about this episode and this this clip in particular, uh, I guess, uh, tickled your funny bone or or, <laughs> or uh, did you enjoy Man, I, I, let me let me just let me start by saying that yeah, uh, Red and I, like just brothers from another mother. Like <laughs> we, uh, I agree with so much of what he says. Like I found myself going, yeah, I don't know if I could ever say that, but I <laughs> totally agree with everything that just came out of that guy's mouth. Um, so I I immediately felt like a, a kindred spirit in Red and. I came across this episode in particular while we were onboarding uh, smoking and drinking in space into Earglue Media. We, we all decided we were going to listen to certain episodes, and this was one of the episodes that I pulled out. Uh, and I think there were uh, four or five others that I listened to um, randomly. And not just like your first episode and like your latest episode, mm -hmm. uh, but there were four or five more in there. And this is the one that stuck with me. Part of being on ear glue media is having thought provoking discussion and being a thought provoking podcast. And while what you and red do is sometimes tongue in cheek and sometimes very cheeky, right? It's always, it's always thought-provoking. And this episode in particular, I found myself thinking while you were talking about quantum entanglements, I think you're about to play this clip, this yeah. clip, uh, quantum entanglements and paradoxes and all of these heady scientific things that, that exist in theory and not so much in practice. I found myself thinking, this is what we're looking for. Like, this is exactly what it is. It's not just entertaining, which it has to be. A podcast has to be entertaining, but it's thought provoking. Like it got me thinking about time travel and what did come first, the chicken or the egg, and then quantum entanglements and all these things. And just as I am deep in thought, thinking about how you guys would be a perfect fit for us, red comes along <laughs> And after, after giving this, this explanation of all of these things and completely just out of left field, uh, because he misspoke and he said a proton or a photon instead of an electron. And then uh, he, like, he made a Star Trek joke <laughs> about photon torpedoes just fire a whole bunch of light at him. Oh, I know. He was, he was, he was brilliant at that. Um, well, let's let's go to the clip and and hear it for ourselves. Absolutely, but yeah, it's a good show. You should check out Tough Guys, not science fiction. Yeah, but so far we haven't really talked about science fiction. So the whole premise we of went this through time. We, yeah, right. The whole premise of this movie is uh, space time and going back in time and then basically changing history. So or are we a part of history? Oh, but history had to have started at some point. Otherwise, you've got a time loop. Chicken and the egg, baby. Chicken and the egg. <laughs> <laughs> so the cat goes back, and apparently the Nimitz, the only reason that the Nimitz exists is because he 
got law or got stranded in Hawaii in 1941 from the Nimitz. So if, if he got stranded while serving aboard the Nimitz, how did he originally get on that island to be stranded to come up with the Nimitz? Wow. There's that paradox they talked about at the beginning of the film. Well, it's cause and effect. (laughs) I remember, I did not read this because it would have made my brain bleed. But I remember watching, because I'm what you call a fan of science, not so much a practitioner. I utilize it, and I'm a fan of it. And I remember, I want to say it was one of the most engaging, entertaining, and downright awesome individuals in modern science today, in my humble opinion, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Right. And he was talking about how in quantum mechanics, sometimes effect can come before cause. So uh, maybe this is one of those things. Effect can become can come before cause. Yes. That not everything is linear. And then if you want to throw in here, well, parallel. so I can see, I can see in quantum mechanics where a f- cause and effect kind of exist in the same state, but, but there's also perception. Maybe well, you've got something going on in the same state and where perceptions of it, because technically, in my opinion, there's no such thing as the present. Everything's past or future because as soon as the present shows up, it's as soon as you understand it, it's the past. As soon as you recognize the moment, it's gone. Well, but that's that's going that that's the 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 fourth dimension, which is time, and time as we understand it is linear. It starts at the beginning and and moves on to the end. Uh, it flows in one direction, um, but quantum mechanics doesn't really involve time. Um, it's it's kind of a it kind of fits into a. It's, it's, well, it's smaller than thing. time. Yeah, it's a particle thing. Like how they were saying in that experiment that I was so jazzed about where they uh, took an electron and they fired it <clears throat> or sent it somewhere, but they thought they screwed up because the electron was still there, but then they found that there was another electron and anything that one was experiencing, the other one was mirroring. And they were like, what, five, six kilometers apart? Yeah, so that's... that. That's part of quantum mechanics. That's, um, oh, shit, I can't remember the exact term for that. Yeah. that aren't I remembering correctly? It, it was one of the first experiments they did at CERN, wasn't it? Yeah, when I'm they not brought sure. it online. Not sure exactly what, what experiment that is. But, yeah, they, but, they've, they've experimented with... Um, oh, some kind of teleportation thing. I heard they got a, a statue of Shiva at the entrance of CERN. <laughs> I think that is so cool. <laughs> Statue of Shiva? Yeah, the destroyer. Because if you look at Hinduism, <laughs> Shiva the destroyer, you can't she's kinda like a forest fire. She doesn't just go out and destroy <laughs> things. She's also you, you have to have it's like you've only got enough room in your closet for ten shirts. Sorry. If you want a new shirt, you gotta take out one. She goes in and she makes way for new, for the new discovery, for the new birth of or new creation or whatever. So like at CERN, they've got the goddess, the Hindu goddess of destruction. I think that's totally cool because you're getting rid of something to make something. Uh, right. Right. I think that's totally tight. Yeah. So for all the naysayers to say that CERN's going to destroy the earth, maybe we will. Aha. It'll be new and better. Great metaphor. 
Yeah, so not quantum polarity. Quantum entanglement is what you're ah, talking about. Okay, and it, there we it go. Involves, um, it involves photons and... Oh, so it wasn't uh, electrons, it was photons. Yeah, it, it's photons, and it basically involves their the measuring of their physical uh, properties, like polarization, right, where, right. where one photon is, is horizontally polarized and the other is vertically. You can do things with photons that you can't do with electrons. They they like destroy asteroids when you're drawn into a wormhole <laughs> because your phasers are tied into the warp engine. Right. There's nothing like a light torpedo that. to destroy. Something. We're gonna hit you with a whole lot of light. So they have. <laughs> so they have. Uh, they have demonstrated. Quantum entanglement with electrons. Oh, okay. That's so good. That is so good. Yeah. And that's that's what so Red was. Like, just out of nowhere, he makes that joke. And it's it it was so perfect that it it jarred me out of that thought of quantum entanglement. And then he was talking about Shiva. Like who <laughs> who, who knows that? Yeah. Who knows that Shiva, the destroyer, is outside of CERN? I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. And and I've read quite a bit about CERN. But, yeah, he, he picks up on those those kind of tangential details whenever he, he reads about stuff like that. Um, it, it's it's not the technical stuff that really fascinated him. It was it, it's the yeah, it's it's the down to earth kind of. Uh, odd tidbits that that just really stuck with him, and he's able to just pull that out at the drop of a hat and and pivot on a thought. It's he was he was incredible at doing that. Yeah, he did it so well, and and it was it was just one of those moments that stuck with me. And I think some podcasts will have that, and some podcasts won't, and and yours definitely does. And Red brought that. Red brought that he could do both. He could he could talk, like he said, he was a fan of science, not so much a a, a practitioner, right? <laughs> so he he brought that he brought that knowledge where he could speak to it, at least semi intelligently. I mean, he would run circles around me because I I do four words in all of that, and and so he could speak to it intelligently and then also bring the humor. And, and I related to him on, on the humor level. I related to him, I, at least I'd like to think I did, on the intelligence level. And, and I certainly related to him. And sometimes just I feel so out of place. I mean, everything's changing You're, as you get older. And, and, and the, the few times that I was able to interact with him personally uh, via the Internet and, and, and voice chat, uh, I think we connected on that level too. And so um I he I I'm I'm upset that I won't have the opportunity to get to know him better. I'm upset that um that our fans that are are the family that we have at Ear Glue Media won't get to know him better. And 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 I'm sad for his family, I'm sad for his friends. And, and I, I, you know, I want to extend my condolences to everyone. I know I've talked to you a few times about it and I can't, I can't imagine because he was such, he was such a force. Yeah. I mean, you could just tell on the podcast, he was such a force. He knew so much and he was always very quick witted. 
And he was always even self-deprecating when I would talk to him. <laughs> right. He, he, he had this way of making you feel comfortable. And, and yeah, I, it, it, I am, I am sad yeah. that we won't, that we won't get more of red. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks for, for sharing your thoughts and, and condolences. And I, I really appreciate you coming on the show to, uh, to help celebrate red and, uh, and no, thanks. Thank, thanks thank you. Thanks for having me, brother. I really, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, more than, you know, and you know, I, if, if you need anything, if the show needs anything, just let my, let, let me know, let Jonesy know, let, let Mike know. And, and, and we're here for you and we're here for your fans. And we just hope that going forward that we, uh, that we do red justice, that we continue to bring you thought provoking and humorous sci-fi from guys who think they know sci-fi. This was the second episode after our coverage of the first season of Battlestar Galactica and one of Red's favorite movies. In fact, he had watched this movie so many times he didn't even watch it before we recorded the episode, but just scrubbed through it to jog his memory in parts. I had no idea about this until he told me after the show. He knew this movie like the back of his hand. This next clip was submitted by Mike, the CEO and founder of the Earglue Media Network, of which this show is a part. Mike enjoyed the Batteries Not Included episode, especially where Red spoke to how young audiences might enjoy the film. Uh, with me now is Mike, who is the founder and Dark Lord of the Earglue Media Podcast Empire, which uh, Smoking and Drinking in Space is a part of. And he's also the creator of both the Cantina cast and the Many Faces of the Masters of the Universe podcast. Uh, he currently hosts the Many Faces of the Masters of the Universe podcast. Uh, thanks for being on today, Mike. Oh, this is a, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Uh, and I can't wait to, to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait either because you picked up a really good clip out of a really good episode. This is, this is probably one of my favorite episodes uh, that I ever did with Red. Um, and it's, it's one of the last episodes that I was able to do with him. So it's, it's pretty special to me and, and really fresh in my memory. Um, before we get into that, uh, what's your, what's your interest in, in sci-fi? Are you a sci-fi fan? Is this, uh, is this something that you, you watch regularly? I would say no, more of a kid. When I was a kid, I did, you know, we all grew up in like the eighties and nineties and stuff. So it was kind of like the go-to kind of genre really to go to. But for the most part, I'm not really a science fiction person. As you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. And, and, and I think we even had an argument on Discord the other day if it's sci-fantasy or sci-fi. I say sci-fantasy. Well, uh, yes. To which I, I think you disagree with me. No, no. Um, I, I agree oh. with you. Sci-fantasy. But sci-fantasy is a subgenre of sci-fi. So, Well, true. I mean, it all kind of lumps in one way or another, true. right? So. No, I think somebody was saying that uh, that it was like a fairy tale. I think that's what I was was arguing. Oh, all right. Against, well, so. I guess, but you know, <laughs> it's Star Wars. It's its own crazy thing. <laughs> it is. Um, so the clip that you pulled is from the batteries not included episode, which was episode forty four. Uh, what was it about this clip that you enjoyed? Well, I think it's uh, it's funny because when you guys were applying for the network, and I, we were you know, listening to the episodes and stuff and I was going on and on and 
Red it was a, a very interesting fellow. He reminds me a bit like Crawley. Yeah, um, he does. It, and I could relate to Red in, in a bit too. And uh, it was just funny because I thought in this episode he was he was he was poking fun in a loving way, mind you. And I thought at the end of the the, the clip, he like you guys do your review there at the end. I thought he was going to be harsh, um, but he wasn't. And it reminded me a lot of myself. And it's and it was just a, it made me smile because it's it's a movie that looking on the surface is it's got everything wrong with it, <laughs> and you probably sh- the universe is telling you you shouldn't like this movie, except it was enjoyable. And I like what he said. Uh, your kids would probably like it too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and listen to the clip. So I remember seeing this movie as a child, as a kid. I was probably uh, twelve, maybe whenever I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think back before I watched this movie for the show as to what, what happened in the movie. And I couldn't. I had just really fragmented memories of the movie, just bit, bits and pieces. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure because it's because I was asleep during most of this movie as a child. I didn't, I didn't like it, I don't think, back then. It didn't either leave a, a an impression, or I seriously slept through most of it. Yeah, um, and I wasn't super fond of it today. It it doesn't <laughs> hold up well. Some of that that stop motion animation that they did for the drones, um, the, the drones were charming enough, and th- this movie has some charm to it. But uh, yeah, I just I'm not a fan. Well, <clears throat> same time. From my perspective of it, you said you were like 12. I was substantially older <laughs> when this came out. I could have, I, I could have, I, I you know, 18. moved out at this age. Um, I was still leeching off my, my parents at the time. But so I you thought were it was a, useless a fun movie. Eater? Yes, yes. But I wasn't part of the Illuminati. <laughs> Not then. Not then. No. Um, but yeah. That was all said in jest. The uh, I I had fond memories of this movie, and um, I have to admit, since you know doing these shows with you, I've gotten to develop a much more critical eye of some things, and I have to remind myself just allow myself to enjoy, to get caught up in the story. Sure. And I did that a couple of times. My the the little Jason popped out on my shoulder, and I told him <laughs> to go away. And I just sat back and enjoyed the show, and I got caught up in the budding romance that was occurring between our artist and our single mother. Right. And I got to, to, I could see through some of the really rough attempts that they did with the Photoshop, the old black and whites. They took the old pictures of Tandy and and uh, Cornyn. Cronin. Tried to. Cronin to, to put them together, you know, actually growing up, you know, in the 50s and 60s and everything. Yeah, you know they were a real-life married couple. Yeah, but some of the pictures they were showing didn't look like they matched. I think they, uh, yeah, they, may they have, were putting they may in have the kids. Photo-chopped some of those photos, yeah. Yeah, because, but uh, in general, I was, I was intrigued. I, I felt a relationship to the characters. I wanted to see... Um, everything work out. Um, I, I thought it was a nice, fun movie, and I think it's something that you could sit and enjoy with your kids. No problem whatsoever. This is a feel-good show. 
I got a kick out of just about every aspect of it. You know, there are a few areas we can nitpick, but in general, overall, I would give it out of five stars, I'd give it a solid three and a half. This is this is as good or better than a lot of the stuff put out today that's considered family entertainment. So, um, yeah, that was uh, he. This is this is one of his, uh, uh, I guess, early adulthood movies that he uh, he still enjoyed today. And I mean, I I did pan it um, when we did the show, but I, I did enjoy a lot of the aspects of the movie. And, uh, yeah. Well, what's, what's funny. I don't know why I actually like this because I know in the last couple of years, it's always on like cable. Like it's on, I don't know if it's on like, uh, you know, one of those cable networks It's not a major one, but it's one of those that, you know, they show like marathons or whatever. And this always pops up and it's funny because I'll watch it for five minutes and then I'll move on with my life. (laughs) Uh, but I'm always glad that I see it because I wait to see the drones. And for some reason, I love the drones. I thought it was like the coolest thing as a kid. Mind you, I was like 11 years old myself at this time. So I like a lot of the movie magic kind of was starting to wear away for me. But for some reason, and, and it also reminded me of the food fight guys. You know those toys? I don't know if you remember those at all. Um, but they had that stop motion thing in the commercials. I, I, for some reason, I just I, I just enjoyed it. And it, it was, I thought I was like the only one in the, in the universe that actually enjoyed this movie. And then to hear Red <laughs> say that he liked it, I was like, oh, there's a kinship there. It's a movie, you know, we probably would have disagreed on every other movie, but this one, <laughs> at least we had this. Um, and, and it was, a, it's a fun movie. And the funny thing is I know even several years ago, just going through the cable again, going through cable and you're looking for something, you're flipping through. And for some reason, this is always on the Spanish channel. I don't know why. <laughs> apparently, apparently this is big in 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 that community. I don't I don't know. It, it's just funny that it's on, and I actually watch it. I mean, I don't know anything about Spanish that much, but but I do watch it, and I kind of know what they're they're getting at. Right, so, right. Uh, it is. It's a fun movie, and I I'm not sure though if my daughter would actually like it. So I do want to take up Red on his offer and and show my daughter this movie. I'm not sure she'll actually like it. I'll probably like it more. Or I might just get so bored with it in the middle, just change to Star Wars or something. But I'm curious to go back and actually try to watch the whole thing. But I thought it was cute back in the day, and I and I, I enjoyed it a lot back in the day. It, it's just funny. I don't know for some reason it brought a smile on my face when you guys had this movie on on the on the docket there because I didn't. I would never imagine anyone would want to even discuss this movie and hear you guys were podcasting. And I don't know what brought this up. Like it was, this just on the wheel of amazing and you just decided, all right, yeah. this is where it landed. This is where we're going. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we have the great big list of sci-fi titles, uh, which is a giant spreadsheet that we put together, uh, that has, you know, a whole bunch of sci-fi titles that we both put on there and curated. I did have a, a bunch more sci-fi titles than it did and than it does today, but uh, we kind of went through and, and culled a lot of the really stinker sci-fi titles out of there after reviewing a couple of the stinkers that we uh, randomly drew. So, yeah, at the end of every show, we used to uh, randomly draw a title, and uh, and this one was the one that just came up. So, and this was one that that Red put on the list, and it's actually on several sci-fi recommended sci-fi watch lists. So um, it's, it's, it's a classic. Uh, it, it spawned off of an amazing stories uh, show that it was originally uh, written for. I think it would have done better on amazing stories than as a 
full length movie, but it's it's still a pretty charming movie. I I do I do actually like it, um, even though I I did kind of pan it in the episode. And yeah, you a little you you were harsher than <laughs> than I thought you would have been because you seem to be the more optimistic on the on the show sometimes. <laughs> And then, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Red actually liked it, which I thought was awesome well, and, myself. And so Red kind of mentioned this, and this is – and he, he mentioned that he – when we started doing this uh, this project, he started looking at movies with a more critical eye. And um, he got that from me. Uh, he, he used to mention, you know, the, the little Jason popping up on his shoulder um, and, and yep, yep. Uh, you know, whispering thoughts into his head like, like what I would do. And I think I've I took a lot from him whenever we started this uh, podcast. I think I've learned a lot more on how to just sit back and, and enjoy a movie and and not be so critical about it and not look at it with such a critical eye. So, um, and I, I you know I I think that's kind of important. And and that when he mentioned that, it kind of it hits home a little because you know me with the Last Jedi and all that right, debacle right. and and everything and my disgruntledness, but. It's important to just, even if I didn't like that, you know, to just look at it in a, in a as a, just a person going in, watching a movie and just enjoying it. I think we, a lot of us lose that. And I think I lost it personally the last several years of doing the Cantina cast where we analyzed just about everything under the sun, uh, the twin sons. And now <laughs> I'm, I'm more inclined to take a step back, like Red suggests here, and kind of just enjoy the movie and just go with it instead of just being so critical all the time. I think that it gets in society today. It seems like we're critical about everything. Right. And we kind of just got to just enjoy ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. So I'm going to try to do that. Yeah, uh, me too. And uh, and I, I I really thank him for, for, for teaching me that. So, well, thank you, Mike. I really appreciate uh, you being on. Do you have any, any final thoughts before we go? Uh, just it's, it's, it's uh, it's too bad I didn't get to meet Red or, or get to even have a conversation with him, but I felt like I got to know him as I, we were reviewing the podcast for you guys to join the network. And it's just too bad, but, you know, he'll live on with EGM and, and with this podcast and everything, and, and uh, his memory will carry on. And, and you know what? I took a little bit right there with his advice on just kind of enjoying the movies more and not being so uh, stuck up. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think uh, I think he's touched everybody that he met, so even even remotely. So, well, thanks, Absolutely. Mike. I appreciate it. Glad to be on. Red taught me how to enjoy a film on its own merits and not try to view a film based on what I thought it should be. That's not to say we couldn't be critical of films, but I think he's helped me balance out my critical eye with just laid back enjoyment of a piece. And I think it's enhanced my viewing experience. When the show was going through the application process at Earclue Media, Red had a few opportunities to talk with some of the EGM staff. One evening we had an online chat with both James and Chris, and Chris wanted to share that moment here. Hello, smoking and drinking fans. My name is Chris Jones. I'm the VP of Operations here at Earclue Media. I had the distinct pleasure of interviewing Jason and Red when they applied to the Eagle Media Network some months back. And I'm very thankful to Jason for the opportunity to come on here and share just a little bit about how that interview went and some of my impressions of, of Red, both from the show and as well as from that interview. What we hear on the show with Red is super engaging and fun and really interesting. He's got this great sense of humor and his ability to 
enjoy these shows that really you think maybe you're too campy or maybe they're outdated and they don't hold up very well, but still find these, these moments of enjoyment that really still capture the essence of the show and really fit within the, the podcast of what they're trying to accomplish. And there's something to be said for people who can pull those types of things out of the content that they're reviewing rather than just focusing on the aspects that are just, they don't make sense. And, and it, yeah, red has his hangups of, you know, explosions in space and things like that. But at the same time, it doesn't prevent you from enjoying the content. And that's the thing that I think both Jason and red have both done so well with this podcast and how I enjoy it so much is that you really do get kind of a fair approach to it. But red's approach to it is, is very interesting with his very dry sense of humor and his quick wit. And sometimes you have to really like I have to catch up a little bit to understand like what he was referencing, but it, it was really, it's really fun listening to those episodes and the way that these guys interact with one another. It, it saddens me greatly that we're not going to have any more of that. But what I really found interesting was when we interviewed Jason and Red, how withdrawn Red was. It wasn't the same character on the show. He was very humble and very a bit shy and it caught me off guard that he was that way because I thought we'd still have kind of this dry humor and maybe a little swagger or something like that. And it was really the opposite. The, the dry wit, the humor, it was all still there. It was still captured in there, but it was this very self-deprecating version of himself. And maybe that was more real to him. There was only one time I got to interact with him directly, but it was such an experience of trying to understand when he was joking and when he was serious. And, you know, he made a lot of jokes of, you know, being old and doesn't have the internet and you just can't tell when he was kidding. And it's almost uncomfortable because you don't really know if they're joking or not. You can't tell how you, you don't know how you should respond because it seems like you should laugh, but you don't know if he's being serious. And I think that's where he liked to be. And, you know, keep people off guard. Don't reveal too much. And, and he probably had this internal chuckle about the whole thing. The way I envision Red looking back on that interview is this twinkle of mischief in his eye. And if you listen to those episodes and you go back to listen to him and, and some of the uh, the banter and the debate back and forth with he and Jason, I think you you might get that impression that he's always got this kind of sideways smile and just a little twinkle coming out of his eye. And so anytime I listen to those shows, I think that's what I'm going to picture when uh, when I think of Red as he's uh, talking in the microphone and, and enjoying those older episodes. It's deeply saddening we're not going to get any more of that, but I am humbled and excited that Jason has decided to continue with smoking and drinking in space and that Red's spirit will live on in the show and his legacy will live on with the show that he helped create and really shape. For that, I'm excited to, to celebrate what he's done and to do whatever I can to make sure that the show is successful and continues to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. So Jason, thank you again. Deepest thoughts and condolences to all the family and friends. Red, you'll definitely be missed. And Jason, your friends here at Eagle Media will be with you each step of the way. This next clip is one that is near and dear to my heart. We first introduced the pod crawl in episode eight as a way to give a brief and hopefully funny summary of the episode or film we watched that week. 
We had discussed the idea for a few weeks before we pulled the trigger on it, but hadn't really discussed how to introduce it. Realizing our mistake, we tried desperately to pull an uncooperative rabbit out of a hat to get the concept introduced, and it was situations like this where Red's improv skills really shined. So, uh, yeah, I want to introduce a new segment. Basically, it's a speed round summary of the current episode. Uh, this week, I'll start it out, and we'll call this, I don't know, what? What do you say? Um, uh, I think we should call it something that crawls. It like should the, crawl. Like the Star Wars crawl? in the beginning No, of the, not like the Star Wars not, crawl, no. because I don't want the wrath of Disney That's upon right. us. Right. This is not the Star Wars crawl. This, this would not be the Star Wars crawl not whatsoever. None this is, this whatsoever. This is uh, not, not affiliated with that at all. Exactly. So no. please don't sue us. No. Not, not, even, not even remotely. We don't even know what that is. What are we talking exactly. about? Exactly. We don't have remotes. No. We have to make the kids get up and change the channel. No remotes. Right. No remotes. No, I think this should be a crawl. A crawl. And it should be contained, something small, something, you know, kind of organic, maybe, you know, smooth, no rough edges. Oh, my God, no rough edges. Something related to what we're doing right now, maybe. Something. I didn't know I could tell anybody what I'm doing right now. Well. You told me not to say anything about what I'm doing. You keep that under wraps. I'm talking what we're recording right now. Sometimes a grapefruit. <laughs> I've heard grapefruits are good to hide things under, and, and not not that I would oh, know anything. Oh, delete, 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 delete. <laughs> yes. No, it crawls. It crawls like it's okay. It's time to get some of that wonderful shampoo or get the clippers out. It's crawling. It's not supposed to crawl, but it's crawls. It's crawling like a millipede. No, not like a millipede. A kilometer pee. It's a, a kilometer pee. <laughs> Ain't no millipede here. Ain't no millipede. <laughs> breathe. <No>. Breathe. <laughs> I can't. You got to breathe. So we can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. Pod crawl. Yeah, pod I like that. Crawl. I like that. Yes, and we should get like some music. Pod crawl. You know, have like your little breakdown riff like Wayne's World. <laughs> pod crawl, pod crawl, excellent. Insert it deep, pod crawl. <laughs> kind of like a space suppository full of information. Take your nutrients, it's good for you. There are a lot of fans of the pod crawls, it turns out. We dropped the segment for several episodes, fearing that it had run its course and had gotten stale. Then we started hearing from people, and the first things they would tell us was that they loved the pod crawl, so we brought it back. And with the pod crawl coming back also came the iconic pod crawl intro. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl the pod crawl pod crawl pod crawl pod crawl excellent insert it deep pod crawl kind of like a space suppository full of information it was a no-brainer to take the off-the-cuff ad hoc intro read throughout there on episode eight and remix it into a permanent intro 
and I had it ready to go by episode nine. Fellow podcasters at EGM, Albert with the Cantina cast and Josh with the film appraisers also really enjoy Red's exuberant pod crawl intro. Hey everyone, Albert from the Cantina cast and the Basement podcast here. And I just want to take a moment to pay my respects to Red, his family, and all his friends on this very special episode of Smoking and Drinking in Space. Jason had reached out and asked some of us to kind of give us our best or most memorable Red moment from the show. And this was not an easy task. I mean, Red was funny even when Red wasn't trying to be funny. And that's a pretty special thing. But as I sat there and listened to episode after episode of of this, uh, there was one thing that kept coming back to me. And it's one moment that happens in every episode. And it's namely the intro to the pod crawl. I've mentioned to Jason early on that I really enjoyed the whole concept of the pod crawl and that the whole segment itself stands on its own, but I don't know that it could or ever would be the same without Red's crazy, out of control, over the top voiceover. It's loud, it's exciting. Uh, the distortion levels get to that you get from Red kind of go into octaves and decibels that really no mortal man should ever try to venture into. And as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's pure comedy gold. So uh, it makes me laugh every single time. So for that, Mr. Red, thank you. Thank you for your time on smoking and drinking in space. Thank you for the pod crawl intro. And thank you for making us laugh every episode past, present, and future. And one last thing before I go, and this is to Red again here. My hope is that you'll approve of the new smoking and drinking in space logo and that you find the small tribute to you and your legacy on it adequate as well. It was the very least I could do for you, Red. And while we may never hear your voice on the show again, uh, there's no question in my mind that you're up there somewhere smoking and drinking in space. Thank you, Red. Thank you, Jason, and good luck to the show going forward. I can't wait to hear more. Hi, Josh McRae here, host of Film Appraisers. When Jason gave us the news over at Earglue Media regarding Red's passing, our hearts really just sank. Uh, it was this, it was this time of some varying emotions. Uh, the Earglue Media team had been working real closely with Jason and and Red to help with the transition of their show over to the network. So it was it was really exciting. Uh, but then Red left us much too soon, and and that excitement was coupled with some with some real grief. But I I can speak for all of us at Earglue Media, and definitely for those at the Film Appraisers, when I say our our thoughts and prayers are with you, Jason, and and especially with uh, with Red's family. But I'm new to say this, and I'm really just starting to explore the show, uh, its content, uh, kind of Red and Jason's contribution. That made it a little difficult uh, for me to find a specific Red moment that stood out. Uh, I started going through the back catalog, but there was just there was nothing that I could find that just really resonated with, with me. Not that it wasn't funny, uh, but I was looking for something that spoke to me uh, specifically. But what I did notice, uh, however, was this pattern 
in my reaction to a, a certain part of the show. The the pod crawl is unlike anything else I have heard with with any of the shows in which I listen. It, it's unique, uh, it's funny, and, it, and man, it's just fun. Uh, what what I found in in each episode uh, was that the intro to the pod crawl uh, performed by Red himself makes me laugh every single time, and and I think it's just this perfect cross section uh, of the personality that you get from Red when he's on when he's on Sadis, and so it can be you know that intro can be energetic, and then sometimes it can. It can be quiet, and then it's up and it's down. But overall, that intro t- to me, in my opinion, it 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 can be just as fun as the as the crawl itself. So that's that's really my memory of Red. He's kind of summed up and and packaged, and he's delivered to you. But each episode before that pod crawl, and, I, and I'm hopeful that that intro stays with Sadus as long as as long as you guys are on the air. So thank you, Jason, and and to the Sadus listeners for letting me share my story. These next clips were submitted by a friend of the show and someone that I hold in very high regard, Stargate Pioneer. SP pulled several clips from our Buckaroo Bonsai, Batteries Not Included, and Outer Limits episodes. With me now is Stargate Pioneer, a real-life rocket scientist and super-secret agent and hosts several podcasts, including Better Podcasting and Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thanks for being on, Stargate. Thank you very much. Hey, first of all, call me SP, but thank you very much for having me on the show because I really enjoyed listening to your show throughout the past few months, about half a year or so, and it's just great to be actually on a show that you enjoy listening to. Oh, well, thanks, SP. I appreciate it. Um, So how did you first discover the show, I guess, uh, is the first uh, question I wanted to ask and and. What about uh, what about the show and, and and Red in particular? Did you enjoy? Well, the first time I remember listening to the show was actually when because I'm part of a network called the Gunny Geek Podcast Network, right? And we have a process for new shows to apply and get reviewed to be part of the network. Doesn't always work out, but we do have an extensive review process where we're looking at very specific things and. Part of that process is we listen to a lot of shows. So you actually applied for the Get a Geek Network. I listened right. to the shows. I was one of the people on the review committee, but I enjoyed listening to it so much. I had it on the background for most of November and early December when we were going through the review process in 2018. So I was listening for work purposes, quote unquote work purposes, because it's all hobby <laughs> podcast and fun for us on Get a Geek. But I eventually came to enjoy it. And I'm pretty selective about podcasts that I actually listen to for fun just because I don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts anymore because of work and then podcasting four or five nights a week. So I put it on the list of shows that I enjoy to watch or listen to, and I have been listening to it ever since. Oh, well, thank you. That that means uh, a, a lot to me, really. It does. Um, so the first clip that you sent me uh, was from our Buckaroo Bonsai uh, episode. And I know that Buckaroo Bonsai is kind of near and dear to your heart. Um, oh, it's just a crazy, fo- you know, I would have loved to have been on that episode there for Buckaroo Bonsai, but it's just crazy film. And I just love the way that people describe it because 
it is so goofy that you either get in it or you're out of it. And either way, you have a fun time describing it. Yes, yes. It, it is a, a fun movie. Wasn't one of Wonder Red's favorite movies, but um, I thought it was was excellent. And, and Red, uh, Red did uh, have some moments that he, he enjoyed. Uh, one of the moments that we're going to uh, discuss now is... Uh, one comment that he makes that kind of involves a, a classic literary story as well as a, a modern day sci-fi uh, movie. And uh, let's go ahead and listen to that now. What do you got this week? Well, I have a couple of stories. First off, Upside, director Neil Berger, is going to be uh, on the Voyagers Project. Cool. Yeah, he's set to direct the, the thing, this uh, show Voyagers. I'm not familiar with it, but it's got a pretty interesting spin to it. Apparently, it's telling the story of 30 children sent into space on a multi-generational mission to reach and populate a newly discovered planet. After the adult captain is mysteriously killed, the young crew de- descends into chaos. Lord of the Flies meets Stargate. I don't know. <laughs> reverting to a primitive <laughs> tribal state, giving in to their most feral and animal desires. So, like I said, it's been done. Respect the, the pig. F- yes. Lord of the Flies, but we got spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the way he was describing it there, Lord of the Flies meets Stargate. A little backstory to me. I am a sci-fi affectionado for, for decades, really. I'm an old man. I've got gray in my beard. But one of the things that I remember watching... I believe it was in the 80s, was ABC had a family movie night on like Sunday night. I forget what it was called. One of the movies, it was actually a two-parter, was called Earth Star Voyager. Okay. And Earth Star Voyager, this is done by Disney. It's mm-hmm. a made-for-TV movie. Earth Star Voyager was the deal of Earth's dying, and they need to go out to look at other planets. And they found this planet called Demetrius. I forget the star name, and it was a around maybe Alpha Centauri, I don't know. Anyway, they were sending this ship to go out and back to do recon of it, but it was going to take so long, even with their advanced space drives, that they were going to have to do it with really young kids. So they sent it out with a captain, an experienced captain, and then all these young whippersnapper kids that were the top of their class or whatever. And it just reminded me of the same thing. It wasn't as dark as what Red was describing with Voyagers, but... (laughs) This was the first indication I had about Voyagers was listening to your show and hearing that. I'm like, I haven't heard that anywhere. This sounds interesting to me. And if they do it right, it'll be great. If it's more of teen angst, Lord of the Flies, you know, uh, talk to the conch or or whatever. eh, Okay. But at least it's worth looking into further. And it was because of Red's great description and my background that I was like, oh, I'm all in on this. Oh, yeah. So Red was was great at digging up obscure uh, sci-fi uh, shows and movies. He would scour YouTube for, for different things, especially relating to Star Trek. He loved fan-made Star Trek videos. Um, and then he also, uh, you know, dug up a, a YouTube series that uh, I think was picked up by Netflix, actually, um, that he watched the first several episodes of. And yeah, we, we discussed that on the show. I don't think it was this one, but um, yeah, he, he was he was a consummate sci-fi fan as well. Um, had been watching it for, you know, most of his life. 
uh, reading about it, and he would he would dig up some of the most obscure titles that you'd never heard of, and be able to to talk extensively about them. So, yeah, Red was a guy who I would love to just sit down and talk with for a while. You know, I, I would say sit down and have a beer, but I can't have beer. So, oh. um, yeah, just it's the corn, man. It's the corn. I, know, I can drink I other things, but I can't. I mean, I'll, I'll buy him a beer, but I'm not going to drink a beer myself. I'll he he would have probably had a scotch with you though. Oh, yeah. I'd give him a good scotch then. And then we'd have a great time drinking scotch and talking about sci-fi, maybe even watching something. So, yes, I lament the fact that I never actually got to meet him in person. Yeah. Um, Our next clip is something that was near and dear to Red's heart, and that was bacon. Um, Let's go ahead and Bacon is near and dear to everybody's heart. (laughs) Let's go ahead and uh, listen to that. That was fun. I could actually see that working, a little human psychology. I mean, some of the show I liked, but I've never... My, my issue is with the, uh, the guy with the, the, the weird lightsaber. Kylo Ren? Yeah, Han Solo's kid. Yeah, that's, that's Kylo. Yeah, I, I, I don't like how they're portraying his character, and I don't know. Sure. It's just, I, I don't. It's, it's the, that little girl just knows how to use a lightsaber like a pro right <laughs> off the bat. He doesn't know how to do crap, and I, I just the lightsaber used to be such a big deal, and now just about anybody can just pick one up and kick butt. Yep, and you're right. I, I just, I yeah, some of your criticisms I agree with, and I, I definitely think that uh, TLJ was probably the weakest installment in this uh, in this trilogy because I think it probably deviated from what Abrams Who is TLJ? The Last Jedi. Oh, I thought it was like a director or a producer no, or something. No, no, no. It's, it's the acronym for The Last Jedi. Oh, that's an abbreviation. It's not an acronym. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just saying. We'll let it go this time. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I got. I had three total stories. Now can I have my Scooby Snack? Yes, you yes, you may have your Scooby <laughs> snack. Go ahead. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> he crunched it, right? Oh, thanks ear. for crunching in my ear. Uh, it's bacon. Oh, he was always doing that. In fact, when we first started out, I had to because um I do all the editing, I had to keep reminding him, stop eating during the show. We can hear that. <laughs> Oh, it's great when you have co-hosts that don't really understand the audio uh, etiquette that is necessary to actually produce uh, audio final product, and they do stuff like that. And it also bugs the crap out of me at work, by the way, because when you're on a teleconference or a video teleconference and you have somebody that at, at work, they normally have these microphones that sit on the conference table. Very rarely will you get a mic that's hanging from the ceiling or something like that, but it's usually on the conference room table Mm -hmm. and they'll put down their folder with all their papers and they'll start like paging through the papers (laughs) right next to the microphone. You're like, I can't hear what you're trying to say because all I'm hearing is these stupid papers rustling. And for podcast hosts that are slurping on their smoothies or crunching on their bacon or something like that. You're like, oh my gosh, if you only could edit the show, (laughs) then you would understand how this is bad. And another thing I want to say, it was really came out in that clip. He had a buttery, smooth voice. And I would have loved to have heard him on a nice, uh, large diameter, dynamic cardioid microphone, or even in an audio treated facility with a nice condenser or something like that, because his voice was just so good. Oh yes. He had a beautiful voice and he was using 
um, a, a G340 head or 430 headset. So it was a Logitech G430 headset. It's the gaming headset that he's had for years. That's what he used to record. And he sounded that good on that crappy of a headset. So yeah, he, he had an excellent voice. He was, he was in choir for a, a long, long time uh, in his early life. And he still had the chops. I mean, he, he could do voices. He had a very dynamic range. It was, he was, yeah, he was very multi-talented. And just everything you said, I can't say anything more there. I was just, I'm imagining him on a, cause we have a guy on our network. His name is beef. And for a while he was using a Behringer XM 1800S, which is a serviceable microphone. You could legibly hear him. That's the one I, I use. <laughs> Right, and you can hear it, but it is a little um, pixelated is a bad term to use. It's just, it's not as smooth in its frequency response. So eventually I was able to get beef on an Electro Voice RE320, and while not the, the best microphone on the planet, it's a very good microphone, and it picked up his deep baritone a lot better. And I could just imagine Red do, making that switch, and it would have just been phen phenomenal. Oh, it would have been phenomenal, yeah. I can't, I can't imagine how bad I would have sounded after he had a mic like that. I mean, <laughs> I hate my voice, so uh, I, was, I was always envious of his voice. Well, like I said, the microphone that I just described, the microphone that you're using, it's very sir. I actually started out on that, too, but eventually it was like, okay, I want to hear myself a little bit better. Just because you're hearing yourself, you are your worst audio critic as a podcast producer, and you are listening to yourself every week if you're doing the editing and then listening back to your show. So eventually I was like, I want to sound better. So <laughs> I just gra grabbed uh, some cojones and started upgrading willy-nilly until I found some stuff that worked. And um, as a little plug, that's kind of how we can help people on better podcasting is we can push you off into the right direction on your gear upgrade so you're not wasting money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a perfect show to to get tips and and tricks and uh tech advice um i listen to that show every week and, and learn new things every week so um our next clip is from our batteries not included episode uh where he's talking about um <laughs> he's talking about working for disney let's listen to that real quick sound in space i know so uh, my last news article is there is rumor of a Star Wars Episode Nine trailer floating around out there. Yeah, they're going to be making one, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that goes without saying, but it's Wouldn't it it's be surprising. cool, though, if they didn't? No, that Think would not be cool. Think about that. No. Where they just showed something Star Wars Episode Nine, and then that's it. No, I want a just trailer, leave, damn it. Just leave people... Biting the, their bottom lips, moving closer to the edge of the seat. All you hear is the cue up of the music, Star Wars Episode Nine coming soon, and then that's it. You have a terrible idea. <laughs> it's a big tease. <laughs> you, you know you want tease. it. You know you want it. You know you want this. You're going to have to wait. Oops. And then maybe move back the, the release date. Have the Star Wars fans like rabid animals just going crazy when it happens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that's why you don't, uh, you don't write for Star Wars. So Yet. Yeah, yeah. Not that I know that I ever could work for Disney. I don't know. 
I don't know, man. You don't know? We'll see. I don't know. I guarantee I'm, you have a price. What am I saying? I'm, you have I'm, a price. I don't have a price. I have integrity. How many zeros? How many zeros? <laughs> Ooh, that's a lot of zeros. <laughs> that's a lot of zeros. What is this integrity of which you speak? Hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's there's rumors of a trailer floating around, which makes sense. I mean, we're we're less than a year out from episode nine, and uh, it's probably going to be dropping here pretty soon. It's at least out there, and it's in a in a rough form, maybe a not a finalized, edited form. But yeah, I'm I'm sure there's a a trailer oh, of some oh, sort oh, out there. Oh, 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 and hmm. have the very what? last trailer, like just maybe a month before the movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> have like a silhouette of a familiar head and bust come up and then all this and then and then in the darkness as the music cues up dun dun dun, dun you know whatever Star Wars music whatever that is and then you hear Misa know you've been missing oh my me. god <laughs> I'm back you're oh, banned you're banned from ever, ever being involved in any kind of Star Wars anything. You're banned. That you're would be not beautiful. Allowed. No. That would be excellent. That would be a horror show. Jar Jar's a Sith. Oh, Jar Jar was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He loved oh. that. Uh, we, we'd been talking about that for years. He came up with that a while back. I don't know if he read it or if he just came up with it, but man, he loved rubbing that into my face. It's Jar Jar's a Sith. He's the one that brought about the, the rise of the emperor. You know, it's true. He would rub that in my face. I hate Jar Jar. I know a lot of people do. I like Jar Jar because he humanized the entertainment value for the young kids in, <laughs> right. in like the first movie. And so I liked it for that. I liked the comic relief for that. I know a lot of people are like, what is this thing doing in this movie? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. But for me, I get the comic relief. And then for Red to take that and to propagate it and then just rub it into all hardcore Star Wars fans. Because most hardcore Star Wars fans just hate Jar Jar. Right. And for, to, to rub that in, to find the, the wound and to rub the salt in it. That was great. And he did it in such an eloquent and fun manner yeah. that it just, it was fun listening to. He really had a knack for podcasting. Yeah. He was, he was very good at that. Very, very, uh, he, he would, he wouldn't poke fun, uh, but he did it in a, in a very fun manner. He didn't mean it maliciously. So, um, our next clip is, uh, <laughs> our next clip is, is one where, uh, he's he's talking about the uh, benefits of of uh, a well balanced diet, let's say, <laughs> and looking at the viewpoint through uh, through a villain's eyes. Opportunity outlive think the of, usefulness. Wow! Think of all the jobs that were lost because of the petty wants and desires of an out of work painter, <laughs> an unwed mother. And two retirees, one of which still wants to know where Eisenhower is. <laughs> so, not to mention those, they're one colluding. Of those old people was not retired. He still owned his diner and still worked every day. Yeah, but you need customers to make money. He didn't have any of that. He had plenty in fact, of customers. The only at the customers end. he had were the people he was keeping from finishing their job. <laughs> The very construction crew. Not to mention they are colluding with an alien intelligence who we don't know. It's never established whether they're benevolent, benevolent or malevolent I know. towards humanity. 
So that guy, that guy, uh, Frank, uh, the the old guy, uh, he he offered allegiance to those guys pretty quick, even he, though he couldn't communicate with them and it had no idea what their intentions on there Earth was. Been some, there could have been some mind control waves there. Not to mention, our industrialist offered them cash money to relocate to housing that would have better suited them. The retired couple could have gone to a beautiful resort with their <laughs> friends, no less. This young guy could have gotten a nice studio apartment somewhere, maybe closer to a museum or gallery where he could have displayed his work. This young lady needs to think about her child and its future, not raising it in some roach-infested hovel. I mean, I think he could be the hero of this movie. And you're talking about Carlos, right? The one that came around and threatened. No, 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 Lacey. Oh, Lacey, the the Lacey, Carlos, okay. Carlos was misguided. Um, I'm sure if Mr. Lacey knew the exact extent to which he did, because Carlos, although he was well intentioned, was certainly breaking the law. There's no excuse for that. However, he's an intelligent young man. <laughs> when faced with these these drones, <laughs> drones, he was able to respond. And, of course, they're not only self-repairing, but they're self-replicating. And it's, it's, it's terrifying. I mean, anytime you've got somebody with superior technology that shows up to a native population, it never works out very well for the native population. Look at Hawking. Look what happened with Christopher Columbus. Look what he did to the natives. There were over 70 million Native Americans in North, Central, and South America when he showed up. Yeah, but couldn't you use the same argument with Columbus that you just used for Lacey? He was just trying to improve the land. He was trying to relocate the natives no, to... can't. <laughs> doesn't count. No, it doesn't no. fit the same. doesn't fit no. the same. How? doesn't How seem to it? fit the same. Christopher Columbus was Italian. Oh. Wait, what? He's How got the, what? It's pasta. Pasta is the evil food of the world. Just think about the problems with carbs. He was clouded with carbs. He had way too many carbs. He's probably eating manicotti, you know, spaghetti. I mean, you know, you can't do that. He just had too much carbs on those ships. That's what it was. Had he been eating a more paleolithic diet, I'm sure things would have gone better. Because that's what the Native Americans were doing primarily was Paleolithic diet. But no, all these complex carbs, it'll mess you up. Yeah, all the you know grains they and say? things that Native A second on the lips is a year on the hips. I mean, oh, come on now. <laughs> oh it's gosh. just bad, bad, bad. He goes on to say, you know, pasta is just the evil food of the world. And, and just you guys go back and forth on that for a couple of minutes. It was hilarious to listen to. By the way, the movie uh, that episode was batteries not included and that's what he was trying to discuss there. Right. right. I was like I was listening to this going, "What? What? What is I don't <laughs> <laughs> Really? Oh, we would do that. Incredible. I mean, before we even got into podcasting, one of the reasons we got into podcasting was um we would we would sit for hours and hours. Sometimes we we would sit up all night just talking about crap. And discussing things and, and taking opposing points of view that we may not necessarily agree with or or um, or want to defend, but we would do it just just as a mind exercise. And and he was he was better at that than I was. He was able to really sink into uh, the opposing side's viewpoint and and defend it probably with more heart than than I was ever able to. So. 
Uh, he was he was definitely a much better devil's advocate than than I was ever. One one of the movies that you guys didn't get a chance to do, and I would have loved to have heard his take on, was Small Soldiers. Oh yeah, I don't even think that's on the list. I need to I need to get that on the list. Small and did Soldiers. You guys, and did you guys do Flight of the Navigator? I'm not sure. No, we haven't done Flight of the Navigator, but that one is on the list. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, those are just two, when you're talking about batteries not included, that just takes me to that general time period, and it's probably separated by a decade or so. But these are movies <laughs> that I put together in my own mind, and I have no idea why. But Small Soldiers, Flight of the Navigator, and batteries not included. Right. Uh, this next clip is, um, we're discussing the drones and kind of how... Um, how that, uh, how how the drones interacted with with some of the technology on Earth. Uh, he had a he had a pretty funny viewpoint on on some differences between, uh, I guess, uh, countries' building codes. Let's say, like, hey, honey, I'm just trying to hate. And that outlet oh. that outlet's like uh, alien drone cocaine. Every time oh, she charged man, up off you. of that, man, she was racing around the Can kitchen. You, are, isn't, it, isn't it fortunate that they came to North America where that's 110? Can you imagine her hooking up to a 220? Ooh, that would have been a hot box. There'd been a Nike swoosh <laughs> on the side of her hall. <laughs> swoosh. But no, I thought, I think this movie is delightful. <laughs> I, I'm just cracking up every time you play these clips. I mean, I heard them, I selected them, but it's just great listening to it. And this gets my mind like racing as to all the other stuff. Like right now, I'm watching the first season of Lost in Space on Netflix because I'm finally able to get to it. And there is this robot who is not from Earth that is part of the new Lost in Space uh, series. And I keep on thinking... How does he get recharged? And it's stuff like this. It's like, is he compatible with the stuff on the ship? I mean, it's not isolated to that series, but any series that you have some extra terrestrial technology that needs to repower is like, really, is this going to, is this going to work? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the, that's one of the things that we always ask whenever we, we come across that in a movie that we reviewed was, you know, this is this is different technology. What makes it compatible? And and yeah, he was uh, he was <laughs> that was funny. He was always talking about one ten, two twenty, and and uh, even even in offline conversations, he would he would make jokes because he had very very limited you know experience with with home construction and maintenance. So uh, he he would always make light of his lack of knowledge on that, but. Um, so he'd be Michael Keaton and Mr. Mom. Yeah, basically. 220, that, 230, 240, whatever, whatever it takes. takes. <laughs> yeah, that's basically him in a nutshell. Um, this last clip is from our Outer Limits episode, which was episode 43, um, where he is uh, basically, well, how do, I, how do I describe that? He, he, he's basically wanting to get some of that, uh, that Aquaman juice. Let's uh, let's play that clip. <laughs> um, I think the the Thetan costume was was a little uh, 
it was, was a it little shiny rough. and silver. No, it wasn't shiny and silver. It was kind of frog headed and bug eyed and oh. had some kind of weird breathing apparatus. It was weird. But do we ever hear from the Thetans again? No, no, you don't. You don't hear from the Thetans again. Because um, I want some of that serum. You do. You want some? Oh of that yeah, I'd like serum? to be transmogrified into something other than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Anything could be an improvement. Uh, like I don't know. Russell Crowe. I don't know. You should watch Jason Momoa. <laughs> oh man, Jason Momoa would be good. Yeah, they don't. They don't look like Thetans. Or Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth. They don't look like Thetans. No, but if the it's the it's the science, man. It's the science. You just want it's Momoa just, serum, is what you want. I bet. I bet you can rude. get on eBay and find some Momoa serum. That is rude. <laughs> I admire the man. Uh, just hilarious, right? And as we record this, I just got my Blu-ray of Aquaman delivered yesterday. I've not had a chance to watch it. I did redeem the digital copy on Movies Anywhere so the kids could watch because they've been asking for a while. Did you get Aquaman yet? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And I've been watching Jason Momoa since Stargate Atlantis. And I've I watched just about everything that he's done. And Aquaman was him just having fun back to the original actor that he was. And he's built and he's always been built. And, and to, I have no idea what Red looks like, but to just imagine him being this old guy like me and then just transmorgifying into something like that. Yeah, I, I take some Jason Momoa serum. <laughs> yeah, me too. Definitely. Yeah. So. I never caught Jason Momoa in Stargate. The first thing I saw him in was actually Game of Thrones. And uh -huh. um, and I really liked him in, in Justice League as Aquaman, and that's actually made me want to watch Aquaman, though I haven't watched it yet. I just haven't had time. But. It's a fun ride. Just believe it as that. It's a fun ride. Don't try. Do not try to dissect any DC movie like you might in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because oh, right. it's going to go nowhere. Right. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, we, he, uh, he used to always talk about, uh, Momoa and Hemsworth and, and, um, you know, we need to, we need to figure out, you know, what kind of serum they're taking and, and, and patent that and market it to, to the masses. So, um, a couple of, a couple of true stories here. If I can just take two minutes yeah, here. Yeah, go ahead. So talk, talked about Chris Hemsworth. My wife has not been involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at all. She just started going to the movies with me because they come out two, three times a year. So, and I have to watch them for Legends of Shields, talk about them. And so for the last few in both the DC and the Marvel, because I also do Starling Tribune, which is on the DC side, but we don't really focus on the movies there because how could anybody? <laughs> but in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she's been to the last couple. And then uh, so she's seen Avengers and she's not really into it. She doesn't have the full 23 movie history or whatever at this point in time as we're recording. But we're watching the end of Captain Marvel. And I've got one of the original Thor movies on in the living room. And it's Chris Hemsworth. And she's like watching the movie and she's like, oh, I like her. And of course, talking about Jane Foster. Right. And she likes her because she was on the Walmart baby movie or where the heart is. So that, that's how she knows oh. she doesn't think. Yeah. She doesn't think about her for star Wars or anything right. from th that movie. And so yeah. she's like, Oh, who's that? I'm like, well, that's Chris Hemsworth. 
it's like, who's that? It's Thor. It's just like, I don't know who that is. And <laughs> so we go around and around. And, and so her way that she's thinking of people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now is she asked me, so is she friends with Captain Marvel? And I have to go to the latest trailer that came out. And in my best Chris Hemsworth Thor voice, which I don't have, but I tried. I said, yes, he likes that one. <laughs> Which is from the the latest trailer for Avengers Endgame that came out. So uh, that that is um, her thought on Chris Hemsworth. Uh, for Jason Momoa, I have a different sort of story. So we have another podcast on the Getting Geek Network called Tyrion's Landing, which is about Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. and it is literally a podcast of women. It, it, there's no guys on the show. I guess some guys have guest hosted over the time, mm -hmm. but it is primarily hosted by women. And when they first came out. They knew nothing about podcasts. They had bad microphones and, you know, the editing wasn't all that great and whatever. But it's hilarious to listen to because they all knew Jason Momoa from Stargate Atlantis because right. they come from a sci-fi community. And so they started this thing, which I always will think of forevermore for Jason Momoa. They just talked about him in terms of Momoa. And they would all say it together <laughs> like that. Momoa. So that's how I know Jason Momoa is, is through their, even though I knew him before they started talking about it, is through their uh, little ditty that they did on their podcast and still do to this day. Momoa. Oh, that's great. That is great. Well, um, any final thoughts before I, I let you go here? SP, I really thank you for, for being on. Um, and this is, this has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed listening to red on smoking and drinking in space. I thought it was phenomenal. I think you guys were bred to do this because you just spoke to not only my generation, but you were able to couch it in terms where a newer generation, I mean, you're going over old sci-fi stuff like the original Battlestar Galactica episodes, right? or the episode that we just listened to was about the outer limits and Kudos to you guys for trying to take that on because that is not something that is normal. Uh, oh, yeah, it wasn't easy. A lot of, yeah, a lot of podcasts do. So you guys were able to do stuff like that, and he was able to just couch it in, in your conversation, your rapport between you guys was just amazing. And it's very few and, and far between to find that in podcasting. I mean, there's a lot out there, but if you want to find a niche like sci-fi and you want to take it, in terms of, of from a certain point of view, like you guys did, and just have fun with it. Not knock it, but have fun with it. It's a fine line. You guys were great at that, and I will sorely miss Red. And thank you very much for allowing me to come on and talk about a, a few of the moments that you guys had in your podcast. They are uh, golden treasures, and you should keep them up for everybody as long as you can. I absolutely will. Thank you very much for, for being on. Um, I know I'm going to miss Red dearly as well. So um, a very, very much thank you for, for all your kind words and all your help um, throughout these past months. You've been a tremendous help to the show and a, and a great friend. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I can't imagine what you've had to go through. And it's not something that is really happening a lot in podcasting. I mean, I've heard of it from time to time. And there was another podcast that I know... It was a, a couple, a married couple, and the it, they did not start out podcasting because he had cancer, but he didn't last very long. You know, was in stage four, and mm. so he got on the mic as much as he could. And I just can't imagine going through that, yeah. going through what you did, going through what he did, and 
kudos for you for handling it as well as you have and for doing this because this is uh, definitely probably one of the things that you are going through basically the grieving process but you're allowing the audience to have uh, their chance to have insights into red and have their say on on what a great guy he really was because on mic he was great yeah and off the mic he was even better so well thanks thanks sp i appreciate it you bet the next clip was submitted by frequent co-host and a friend that red and i have known for many years rob this clip was from an episode where we were reviewing the original battlestar galactica a favorite childhood series of reds and one that he had a near encyclopedic knowledge about and he really loved his collectible action figures. With me now is Rob, a frequent co-host on Smoking and Drinking in Space, and uh, somebody that Red and I have known for many, many years now. So, hi, Rob. How are you? I am fantabulous. Good, good. So you're on today to talk about um, some, uh, well... Really, just a particular episode that we did. It was the original Battlestar Galactica episodes four and five that we reviewed, which was mm. Smoking and Drinking in Space episode number 32. What about this episode did you enjoy? Uh, refresh my memory? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're reviewing something I don't remember. Um, you know, it was the... Uh, you know, Red is known for his rants, right? Right. Um, tangents, what have you. And uh, this one in particular, uh, he got onto Micro Machines <laughs> and specifically <laughs> yeah. Battlestar Micro Machines and then toys um, and then all kinds of other stuff, uh, you, you know, about Battlestar Galactica. And I don't know if you knew this, but he's a fanboy, apparently. You think? No, I don't. I, I, I didn't really. Couldn't. I didn't really catch on that he liked the original Battlestar Galactica <laughs> nah, very much. He but. did have this weird, uh, this weird humming thing that he would do whenever he didn't like what we were saying. Oh yeah, I think I caught yeah. some of that. Hold on, let me let me play that clip. And why did why did Apollo and Starbuck have to decontaminate? They were in their Viper the entire fucking time. Choke and fucking die, choke and fucking die, choke and die, Jeez. Oh, that's right, that's right. They may have gotten void virus. <laughs> he just I'm kept sorry, going. He just, yeah. <laughs> and and you don't have the whole sample on there, so I mean, we're still trying to talk over him the whole time, weren't we? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that is, jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that that was like that wasn't just that one time. That was every episode. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, it wasn't every episode, but it was every it was episode. He didn't like what we said. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty frequent whenever we were discussing Battlestar Galactica. He was a huge and, original Battlestar Galactica yeah. fan, and he'd uh, do that. He'd do that off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Um, so here is a is another kind of example of uh, of him 
you know, going to his happy place whenever uh, we were discussing some of the flaws in, in his favorite show. You're real handy with my set of tools. Oh, no. Yeah, but no. your set of tools are so tiny. Micro tools, you can you can uh, use them on micro machines. Right. Dude, micro machines are so cool, and Battlestar Galactica <laughs> happens to have some micro machines out there. Do they really? More research on the fly, thank you very much. Well, while you're researching on the fly, I oh wanted my to point God. out that the, <laughs> the ruins that they took uh, images of in Egypt were much more detailed than the ruins that they had on the set that they were walking through. All right, so the micro machines that are out are <laughs> totally awesome. They're die-cast metal. I happen to have a few. <laughs> They're not toys when you're my totally ignored you. miniatures. Yep. They're toys. But you can, they're not toys. They're collectible right. miniatures. They've got Vipers. They've got... Uh, uh, now, most of these, unfortunately, are for the newer series, but you can get a couple that are reminiscent of the older show like the original Viper and Cylon Raider, but those are very difficult to get. Since we're going off on tangents. This is not a tangent. This is Micro Machine. This is him trying to steer it away from, you know, all the flaws in the show. <laughs> yeah. What flaws? There are no oh, yeah. Man. We'll play this next clip here. Ooh, is uh, this one that I don't know about? No, this is this is the same show. So we oh, we, we kept okay. giving him all sorts of trouble, and he <laughs> kept going back to his happy place. So this was a this was a rough episode for him, but uh, it's it's one that he he said that he it's one of his favorites. So they haven't had any kind of field medic training in case they get injured out. You know, well, sure they have. They get on the little radios and go medic. Oh, God. You said you were going to look at this series with an unbiased eye. I am. And from your unbiased view, you think the series is perfect. I think it's great. I didn't say it wasn't good. I prefaced this entire show on the fact that I was still enjoying it despite the horrible writing. I, and I just haven't seen any horrible writing yet. <laughs> I didn't even know these people spoke. <laughs> of course not. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. All right, well, while you play with your collectible miniatures. No, you're examining them for detail. We're going <laughs> to do awards. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then uh, right towards the end, uh, there was the coup de gras. Sounds good. Okay. So uh, next week. Did you not like doing this one? Well... I almost decided to do season one, episode five, four and five from the new Battlestar and then totally screw everything up <laughs> after I watched one through You're three. I was like, oh, my God, I'm yes, glad I, I wasn't alive in the 70s. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Da, 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 da. 
No, no, it was it was interesting. We, I, we both did it. I mean, I specifically watched one and three just so that I would wouldn't be completely lost. And it still didn't help because I was referencing. I was referencing the uh, new one with the old one. I'm like, wait, I don't understand this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how hard it is to keep your train of thought when you have red crying in your ear the entire time that was ridiculous i'm like what the hell was i gonna say uh let's just get through this because i can't talk over him when he's crying like that breaks my heart it does it does uh, but no he was uh he was very very fond of Battlestar Galactica it had been since I'd known him. Um, I think mm-hmm. that stems from from him growing up with Battlestar Galactica. In fact, I, I, it was in the very, very early 2000s that for Christmas one year, I actually bought him the entire series on DVD. So That had to have blown his mind. Oh, it was. He, he almost wore those discs out. He, uh, he watched it so frequently. Um, in fact... I would I would give him a call or come over, you know, on occasion, uh, just pop in and yeah, there he was watching what? just some random episode. I was like, "Are you watching through the series again?" Nope, just put in a just put in an episode. <laughs> it was disc five. That's all I was doing. Yeah, so it was. Uh, he he loved that series. He loved Battle or Babylon Five. Uh, he had yeah. he had all of those. Um, the first. Uh, the first five seasons of the original, I think he had the spinoff series and then most of the movies, if not all of them. So, Yeah. Yeah, and he would just, just spew off random tidbits, you know? I mean, he was diehard on this. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, it, yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, I know a little bit. It's it, I, I can see him spending hours upon hours going into the depths of the internet <laughs> yeah. smoking a cigarette in his boxers and a and a and a white tank top, you know. Well it was and a white t shirt, but not yeah, not a white t shirt, that's true. Yeah. And then and then, you know, I bet you his son would come in with a flashlight, Dad, and he'd be like <laughs> you know, just like God. He was he was bad. Yeah, yeah, he, passionate, he was passionate, very, very passionate. passionate. Um, he he knew he had a huge depth of knowledge of the Battlestar yeah. Galactica universe. So, yeah, and and, and the ba- you know, and the the interesting thing of it is, you know, we'd finish finish recording, and you know, we'd just be talking. And he's like, "Oh, you guys, the next one's gonna be great." So it's this and this and this, and you know, and it's like. Dude, how do you remember all of this in order? Well, two episodes from now, it's going to do this. <laughs> I, holy crap, dude! See, he'd watched it so often, so much. Yeah. Yeah. He could probably quote them by memory. Uh, it, it, the writing would have been probably better. Ah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he probably could have. I bet he probably could have rewritten some of those episodes and made them a lot yeah. tighter. Jazzed them up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was always fun, especially that one. You know, with the, just he just, it was a rough one because it wasn't a very good episode, if I recall, that we watched. No, it was, no, it that was, was that was a stinker. That was of the an planet, episode. wasn't that? The, that was the one, uh, the Joy Planet or whatever, wasn't it? 
if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. That was the Joy Planet, and that was yeah. the one where Apollo's wife got shot in the back. You're right. Right, yeah. She she was married for all of, like, a one day. day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She had just yeah. become a, a pilot. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they were, the, the Cylons were bombing the planet, and she got shot in the back. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. So. Never... Never could have love. Not Apollo. Well, it was no, Jane Seymour no, left the show. So, what other uh, what other memories do you have of podcasting with Red, or just That's in Red in general? I mean, we've known each other oh. for God, close to. Well, you knew Red for almost ten years. I've known you for almost fifteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Started playing video games together and. Let's see. Oh, oh, you know, I mean, this isn't the sci-fi thing, but yeah, you know, playing, uh, well, no, I guess that's more you, Company of Heroes, calling the computer a fucking cheat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was me. (laughs) Yeah, that was mostly you. And him just going, well, I thought it was all right. (laughs) Yeah. I remember. uh, my own business. Yeah, I got him into that game. Yep. Shortly after it first came out, and I had experience with it before. So when we would play multiplayer, it was—I mean, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. But he was such a quick study; he got to—he got to learn yeah. my tactics. I had to start switching up tactics because, yeah, he—he he figured that game out fast and was able to start beating the shit out of me real, real quick. He liked them. Um, well, what was his? Uh, oh, Fulsham fuckers. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He always he'd always call my guys Fulsham fuckers. Yeah, because yeah. he hated it when I popped them out next to his base. Yeah, yeah. Or your stupid little freaking M10 squads. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the hell the Hellcat battalions. Yes. Uh, Tank rush. Yes. I appreciate you being on, Rob. Any final thoughts before I let you go? Oh, not much. He was he was a great guy. Enjoyed uh, enjoyed the time that I spent with him. Enjoyed doing the uh, as much as it doesn't sound like it. I enjoyed doing the podcast with him, uh, <laughs> despite his his tangents all the time. You know, but uh, great guy. Gonna miss him. Yeah, me too. All right, thanks, Rob. Yeah. This last clip is one of my own choosing. This was never published in an episode and is actually from a conversation that we were having after we recorded the Gattaca episode, but it left the recordings going. We did that quite often, either before or after the actual show material recordings, where we would start talking about one topic or another while prepping or wrapping up, and before either of us realized it, half an hour to an hour was gone. This clip, I think, shows why Red and I worked so well together on this show and how we came at the subject matter we reviewed. But yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And this was a good movie. I'm glad you... I don't necessarily think I would want to own this as far as... I, I didn't find it entertaining. You didn't? No, I wasn't, I wasn't entertained by it. I was, I was caught up in it. And you don't I was find interested. that entertaining? I was interested... Yeah. So you, you, I mean, to me, if a movie is engaging, that's, that's entertaining. That's the word I'm looking for. It was very engaging, but yeah, I didn't I, find it pleasurable. 
I didn't find well, it bad. So, yeah, I didn't so, find it bad. I don't necessarily need a a movie to be pleasurable to be entertaining. I mean, uh, an engaging movie that that may make me uncomfortable or may may me may make me think about the the subject that that it's talking about is still mm. entertaining to me. So, like, um, I found this entertaining. Like, I had a really good lesson when I was in college, or maybe I had a really good thing at school going on with the, the kids. They were just clicking. They got it, you know? Uh-huh. But that's not something I would want to go pay to observe, like, in a movie theater format or a public park. You know, to oh, me, entertainment is-, is like Star Wars movie, a football game. You know, so this is a movie that I would, I would, yeah. And so this is a movie that I would come back to, to re revisit yes. my thoughts about it. So yes, me too. I'll watch this movie probably about every three or four years, just so, mm-hmm. because I'll think about it, think about it, think about it, and then it'll drop from my mind and then I'll watch it again. And so then I'll start thinking about it again. Exactly. That's how I see it. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I, like I just can't see myself wanting to own it and like, oh man, every couple of years I got to watch that. I do yeah. that with like the Princess Bride. I do that with Star Wars. I do well, that with so Battlestar Galactica shows. Something like that I'll watch more often. But like another movie that hits me like this is uh, Stand and Deliver. Oh, really? Yeah, that's another movie that's like this one that I'll watch. It's, it's, I haven't it's seen something. that. Uh, it's that movie where uh, Edward James almost plays Jaime Escalante, the math teacher in California, and his kids were like gangbangers, and they did great on the calculus exam. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. It's a pretty good film. But it's not... It's it's more soap opera serious entertainment as, as a, like, like this is, thought-provoking, as it is, you know, just sit back and laugh yourself silly like you're watching Ted. Right. Oh, shit. Which I, I still haven't seen Craig yet. Off. Hold on. Yeah, I need to turn off my audacity. Sorry, we were still enjoying. Red was one of a kind. Yeah, that's cliche, but cliches are born from truths, and I've never come across anyone else quite like him. I've known Red for well over half of my entire life. We raised our kids together. We shared a lot of good times and bad. We leaned on each other and always knew we had someone we could count on no matter what. His sudden passing has left a large hole in my life and in this show. However, I will carry on both in life and on this show. Red definitely would have wanted that. The show is going to be different. There's no helping that. Red and I had a chemistry that is rare and will never be duplicated. However, I wouldn't want to replace Red anyway. That's an impossible task that would be unfair to anyone who tried to fill his place. I will find a new co-host, maybe two, and we will shape the show to our new vision, and with any luck, it will come out better for it. Thank you for listening, and Red, I'm going to miss you. <laughs>